Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. High right side is Nikola Jokic against Gobert. He starts backing down. Spin move. Beat him badly. Reverse side layup is up and in. 22 points for Nikola Jokic in the first quarter. Jamal one-on-one with favors to take a three. Yeah! 11 of 12 from downtown are the Denver Nuggets against the hottest three-point shooting team in the NBA. Jokic has it on the elbow. He starts backing down his man. Gets down to the low block. Spins baseline. Leans in. Layup is up and in. And there it is. Nikola Jokic ties his career high with 47 points. Yeah, there it was. Nikola Jokic at 47 points. 11-game win streak for the Jazz is kaput. It's over. It's history. And, boy, they went down in a heap of flame. 128-117 yesterday afternoon to Denver. Jokic was unstoppable. I said it. I keep saying it. He has the best face-up game of any center I've ever seen. Plus, if you combine all the aspects of what you need on offense... Nikola Jokic is the best center, has the best all-time game. All things considered, threes, backing you down, face up. Name me a center who's better at all aspects. I put that on Twitter in one of my rare tweets. Guys at all, and he actually said it with a straight face. Yes, I did, and 100% sober, and I say it even more so today. Olajuwon and Abdul-Jabbar were awesome, and I would take either one ahead of Jokic, but... I don't think that uh, they had the all-around game. He is just sensational. So the 11-game win streak, as I said, is over. Jazz look to start one tomorrow. They're at home against Detroit. Now, is this something that would cause you to think, that's eh, just one of those games, or it is something that you're worried about? And they're a good team, but they're not really a title contender. Well, the great thing about the NBA is you got a game tomorrow probably, and that's exactly what the Jazz have. The Pistons tomorrow, and it's 8 o'clock. You know, check your time. Make sure you're aware of that because they're moving games around with the COVID. Tomorrow night at home, Tuesday night, 8 p.m., Jazz back at it. The Detroit Pistons obviously will be talking about yesterday, what does it mean, and all that stuff going forward. Stay with us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NBA. Jackson will inbound baseline far side for Leonard. Now short corner on the near side with 14 to shoot. Baseline drive. Oh, Kawhi Leonard takes off and slams with a right hand over the top of R.J. Barrett to make it a 10-point Clipper lead. Lowry down to the baseline far side. Finds a cutting Siakam who jams it down. Oh, he crowned Aaron Gordon. Threw it right in his kitchen. Matthews left wing to Westbrook for three. It's there. Oh, my goodness. With 4.3 seconds left, the Wizards lead 147-146. Crazy weekend in the NBA. Four games yesterday. The best finish yesterday looked a lot like the best finish on Saturday. The Nets had a five-point lead on the Wizards. The Wizards came down in the final 10 seconds, hit a three, stole a horrific inbounds pass that probably would have just rolled out of bounds because it didn't look like it was going to anybody. 
One quick pass. Westbrook hits a three. Wizards have the lead. There was still time left, and Brooklyn got a great shot, and it was a layup at the rim, and it rolled around and out. And somehow they'd blown that lead, which maybe met the— Maybe made the Bulls feel better, but I doubt it. Zach Levine looked pretty pissed leaving the floor. After Damian Lillard hit two three-pointers in the last 10 seconds to give uh, Portland a win over Chicago Saturday night. Two great finishes, PK. NBA players' abilities to hit the three under pressure when there's nothing to do but shoot. Just let it rip. Magic really does happen. Yeah, I should have trademarked that phrase. (laughs) Maybe I could have sold it to some company and be rich, too. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Wild, wild ending. That game was on NBA television, and I was watching that yesterday, last night. And uh, Kevin Durant zigged, and Joe Harris thought he was going to zag. And that led to the turnover, and Westbrook, who's not necessarily a good three-point shooter, fired it up. And then somebody, uh, Timothy Lawuwu Caraba for the Nets? Never heard of him. Misses a point-blank layup off the inbounds pass. <laughs> and he cut so, wide open. I mean, he was yeah. so wide open. I thought he was just going to catch it and dunk. Defender came over there at the last second, but still. Huchimara, the Gonzaga Bulldog, was uh, kind of caught in no man's land there. So, yeah, they got that was a fun game. Fun fun ending. I think I saw the 149-146, second highest non-overtime game in the last 25 years in terms of total points. And so now it's uh, the stats are becoming clear as this uh, group of Nets. It's clear they're going to be uh, the best offense in the NBA, maybe the most prolific ever, and they got a chance to be the worst defense ever too. See <laughs> things change, but that's how it's going early on. So I don't know how often you'll get 149-146, but I'm not going to be surprised when we get 129-126. That's for sure. Don't blame it on James Harden. He did not play. Uh, you also heard the Clippers beating the Knicks. Kawhi Leonard had 28 points, and the Clippers now have the best record in the West. They're a half game in front of the Jazz, which means, of course, they have the best record in the NBA. Will that go back and forth all year long? Uh, I think it will to an extent. Uh, yeah, and I think that probably COVID and injuries will determine it. And as long as I think the Clippers feel like, uh, yeah, if we're in that mix there and we don't have an injury or COVID at the time of the playoffs, I think they feel very, very confident. And they have reason to believe that they should be. they got a lot of talent on that team. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. The game was so incredibly awesome because we won. I'm so happy about that. We, we went through our whole lineup and everybody found a way to contribute in different ways. And on not our best night, the guys kind of gutted it out. And that's a real identity of this team. It's kind of who they are. We might not know a lot of uh, other stuff about ourselves, but we know that we'll stay in there and fight and fight and fight and fight and absorb frustration. And so that was my takeaway today that I thought was spectacular. Well, that's uh, at least three games in a row we've seen that, and two out of three, BYU's been able to pull out. The two Pepperdine games, they won the first, they lost the second. And this one, even more so, put a couple exclamation points on the end of it because it went two overtimes. And BYU beat Pacific so close to losing. Pacific had two shots at the end of uh, regulation to win it, uh, wrapped around. Two free throws by Loner that could have won it for BYU. And then Barcelo had to hit a big hoop PK with 20, 25 seconds to go in overtime to get him to double OT. Uh, yeah, I don't know that they were necessarily close to losing it because I don't know that Pacific, 
even though it was double overtime. I don't think Pacific was really that close to winning it. Uh, well, they had the, the ball again at OT with another chance to win. So they yeah. had three possessions and didn't score on any of them, which is Mark's I, point I, I, about I grinding. Didn't, I didn't feel like that was the case. I mean, uh, BYU's got to just stop avoiding a bunch of mistakes. I mean, missed free throws, you allowed a an offensive rebound off a missed free throw at the end, you know, covering Majerus for a decade like I did. They could win by 40, but if you allowed an offensive rebound off a missed free throw, he would make sure he brought your, your name up and criticize you. And they, that could have been in a 40-point victory. There's some things that really can't happen. Too many turnovers at the end there. They've got to clean that up. That's what, you know, and I, and I appreciate Mark Pope. You won. You want to be excited about winning, and that's great. But you, you have higher goals than beating Pacific in double overtime hmm. at home. I think you do anyway. I think you're better than that. And in games are games, and sometimes things happen. But I've seen a little bit of this where it's a little bit of a nine-live situation against Pepperdine. They didn't get him. Pepperdine, they gave up, what, three offensive rebounds in one possession, and you have about eight guys that are nine feet tall. <laughs> those types of things can't happen, and they've got to get better at those specific things that are getting in the way of them winning comfortably or in the case of that Pepperdine, what was it, uh, whatever it was, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday of last week, getting in the way of winning. And for a team that has high goals, as they should, I want to see a little bit better, a little bit better execution on both sides of the court uh, down the stretch because for two consecutive games, and they got away with one, they, they really didn't play the way they're capable of. On Friday, you were talking about the Utes are like a box of chocolate straight out of Forrest Gump. You never know what you're going to get. They can win. They can lose. They can be up big at halftime, up 10, and they can lose at home. They've done it multiple times. Now they were down 19. Nine minutes to go on the road at Colorado against what looks like one of the better teams in the Pac-12. And they went on a 31-9 run. Alfonso Plummer hit pretty much everything he threw up, three-pointers from both sides of the court all over the place, and they come back and they win it. He got 21 of his 23 in the last eight minutes. Utah with a really surprising win. If you were watching that game, really surprising that they pulled that off in the last nine minutes, but they got it done in 177-74. That was really out of nowhere, PK. Well, that's who Plummer is. Yep. And the good thing is now the announcers, the rest of his, he's a senior, but the rest of this year, we don't have to keep referring back to Oregon State in the conference tournament last year. It's like every time you talk about that kid, that's what they refer back to because he had the 37, whatever it was, and in a losing effort. And here, I want to see the Utes find ways to win that are sustainable. Now, expecting Plummer to score 23 points in the second half, that's not sustainable. He did it, and they won. Well, they should win if he's going to basically make all the shots. Got a little push-off at the end there to give him a little uh, uh, cushion. Uh, but I want to see them be more consistent. That That's their whole goal for the next six weeks, however long this season ends, lasts for them, is to find ways to be consistent. And even in the very game, you know, getting down by 19, it was a thrilling comeback and a thrilling game, and he had it going on. He's hot. I just don't know how many times you can count on that as a method to win. If you need that type of performance from him to win, probably not going to get very many wins. He's capable of doing it occasionally, as he did, and good for him. 
and it was maybe now they can get a little streak. You know, they got the Arizonas coming in this week. Uh, ASU's below them in the standings, so that should be some a game you should be able to win. And then Arizona, not really playing for anything this year because obviously they penalized them, uh, their own program and not going to do any NCAs. So you got two teams that seem to be playing out the string. So let's see what you can do at home. You know, as long as you follow it up, that's pretty good. But we've been singing this tune now for several weeks. Well, they got six straight games with neither consecutive losses or consecutive wins. Loss and a win, loss and a win, loss and a win. And actually, the way Arizona and Arizona State you know, sets up on paper, it wouldn't be surprising if it continued this week. But the Utes and on paper, there's something you shouldn't worry about because you just don't know what they're going to do. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Just want to reiterate our commitment to Deshaun Watson. He's had a great impact on this organization, a great impact on a lot of people, a great impact on this team. And um, we look forward to the opportunity to spend more time with him here this spring once we get started. And, you know, we have zero interest in trading the player. Um, we have a great plan, a great vision for, for him and for this team and his role on our team. And we look forward to the opportunity to spend more time with him here this spring. That's the Texans general manager, Nick Casario there. No interest in trading Deshaun Watson. He seems to have no interest in staying. In staying. So, now PK, they can just stare at each other day after day, and we'll see who cracks first. If Watson is going to absorb a bunch of fines and just not show up, and are the Texans going to have no interest until they do? How's this going to play out? So, gear up now. No, no such drama in Detroit. They're trading Matt, Matthew Stafford to the Rams for Jared Goff. A third-round pick this year, and then first-round picks the next two years after that, in 2022 and 2023. First exchange of former number one draft picks in the common draft era. So that's going back to 1967. Deal won't be official till March 17th, but we haven't seen this before in the NFL. Number one overall picks dealt. Yeah, I mean that's that's just an oddity. I don't know. That doesn't really mean anything to me. I don't. That's stuff that you find interesting. I don't really. If it would have been the number two pick, it would have been as less of a blockbuster deal. Uh, it's just uh, Detroit gave up a lot, or there were excuse me, the Rams, the Rams, not Detroit, Detroit. The Rams gave up a lot because now they don't have a first round pick until like 2024. And you know this is the way you build your team. We saw that with Jimmy Johnson 25 years ago. How he built that superpower was through draft picks and all that. So he got draft well. Just can't have the picks. And you're trading for a 33 year old guy too. And the, the, love guns. Uh, the battery mate mate of uh, Clayton Kershaw in high school. He was he was Clayton Kershaw's catcher down there in Texas when they were in high school. Okay. Now he's a good quarterback. That's for sure. Uh, but, man, it seems like the Rams gave up a lot. They're going to give up seven years without a first-round pick in this Yeah. Round. Yeah, they've I already know. got a few in the bag, and now they, they got do. a few more going seven forward. Seven straight. I mean, yeah. George Allen just rolled over in his grave. <laughs> the future and, is now. Yes, George Allen buried in the same cemetery as my father-in-law in Rancho Palos Verdes. Green Hills. Green Hills Mortuary. I've been by his graveside. So... Uh, yeah, that's and I give the Rams credit for trying to win now. I mean, you always want to be in that situation. Man, it seems to me like they gave up a lot. Now, if Stafford can come in there and win, then then everything is worth it. You know, if you sign these guys to these big deals and you get a title and a Super Bowl win out of it somewhere along the line, 
you really don't care what else happens because those things are the ultimate prize and they're very, very elusive. And very few get them. Well, if you look at their history, uh, the Detroit organization clearly has problems. One playoff win since 1957. So Stafford hasn't won a playoff game, but he's been there three times. And the Rams' recent playoff history is good. Obviously, they, they won in Seattle this year and, uh, and then got beat, and he took them to a Super Bowl. So both guys have playoff experience. Goff has Super Bowl experience. But uh, <laughs> the, the, I guess the, the Lions are looking at, at the hall they're getting, with, and then the Rams are looking at uh, this is a guy who can win the playoffs. We're winning with our defense, and we're being held back by our quarterback. Sure, yeah. So thinking a little better play at quarterback, they'll be fine. Green Bay Packers are going to have a new defensive coordinator. They're making a change, and this is the last change from the Mike McCarthy staff, so they let him coach out his contract, and now they're moving on. Uh, Who's going? Uh, Mike Patine. Petten. Petten. Dang it. 50-50. Missed it. They've been in the NFC title game the last couple of years. You get a new defensive coordinator, maybe they'll win it. And at minimum, get your own guy in there, I guess is what matters. So they just was. fired him? They're, they don't have a, a, an announcement yet? Nothing so far. Yeah, we don't know who's coming in. All right. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Former Michigan quarterback Dylan McCaffrey announced he's transferring to Northern Colorado to play for his father, Ed McCaffrey, who's the Bears head coach. Ah, the big sky. Getting a big time transfer, PK. Want to play for your dad. Well, his career never took off at Michigan uh, at all. He rarely got on the field and an injury. Now, Northern Colorado's opted out of Big Sky play, but they're going to play some non-conference stuff yeah, here. Yeah, play a modified non-conference yeah. schedule. In, in the spring, that, that's really bizarre uh, as far as what they're going to do there. Big Sky's down to eight teams playing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be very, very weird. I, I wonder how it's going to play out. And I, and I saw that in reading on Northern Colorado there. And the McCaffreys are from uh, the Denver area a little bit south of Denver, and so going up to I-25 there to, to play and see if he is one of these busts or just got caught up in good competition because only one kid plays. And his brothers are running back at Nebraska and is transferring, right? Or no, is a quarterback Quarterback transfer. Luke. Yep, he's a quarterback transfer. Yeah, two, well. They had two quarterbacks and then, of course, uh, Christian, who's in the NFL. Yep. Tennessee will not retain their offensive coordinator, Jim Chaney. Quarterbacks coach, Chris Wanky. New head coach, Josh Heupel, beginning to form his coaching staff in Knoxville. There's a couple names we recognize from their playing days as quarterbacks. Heupel Jim and Chaney? Wanky. I don't recognize that Heupel name. Heupel and Wanky. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> not Chaney. Yeah, well, Wanky won the Heisman, yes, yeah, so I'm sure. Florida State guy. And Heupel, Heupel played there at Snow here in State, didn't he? Former Corner Canyon star, he did. Uh, former Corner Canyon star quarterback Jackson Dart, who signed with USC, is named the Max Preps National High School Football Player of the Year, leading the Chargers to the 6A state title. Oh, yeah. I, I found out about that a day earlier. They were running around circulating emails at Corner Canyon. Everyone was way excited about that. The thing that I saw, and it was sent to me, they sent a little in-house uh, email that obviously I got and looked at. Uh, and so I looked at it. Normally I wouldn't pay any attention, but I did look at it. And there was like four kids from the state of Utah who were on first or second team, and none of them are going to uh, BYU or Utah. 
Utah State. Start to USC. Oregon must be getting one or two of the kids. Who are the? Who else were? I don't know who was on the list. So it's hard to. Well, uh, uh, Care's son is a smaller kid. He's going to Weaver. He was first team. Okay. Uh, Then they had a couple linemen uh, that are going to Oregon. Mm -hmm. One of the kids from uh, Corner Canyon, and a kid Yak. What's his name uh, from uh, down there in Utah County? Kingsley something or other. Kingsley Suamataya. Yeah. And also Jackson Light from Corner Canyon. Right. And so uh, just going to Oregon. So you got – and the Cares kid is, is smaller in size. So that was a tough one. But uh, to expect them, they got BYU or Utah probably could have had them if they wanted them. Uh, but to have these other kids not go in state, we're getting a little Arizona-ish here. That becomes a problem. I mean, you look at Oregon just cleaning up. Oregon not only has their starter at quarterback from Arizona, their backup is from Arizona too. They're all they're, you got to got to keep the kids in state if you want, if you want a dominant program. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. So the Major League Baseball Players Association is mulling over a proposal Major League Baseball made to delay the start of the 2021 season. If the union doesn't provide a counteroffer early next week, spring training likely to start in mid-February is scheduled. The league's proposal to push back the start of spring training to late March and the beginning of the season to late April includes a 154-game schedule that would pay players their full 162-game salaries. Players Association reportedly has concerns delaying spring training would impact pitchers who are already gearing up, starting throwing, so they're kind of into their routine and they don't want to push back and have to put that on hold. Also, the concerns language in the deal could give the commissioner more power to cancel or postpone games as well as potentially cut into players' pay. Of course, it's coming back to salaries. I don't see why baseball would want to play a 154-game schedule and give guys 100% of their salary, PK. That didn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I would take it. <laughs> right. yeah, I would take to get my full salary. I mean, as I've said for almost a year, the people who keep pushing lockouts—they're the ones who are employed, or lockups, or lock lock of whatever they're supposed to be. Lockdowns, I guess, is the word. DJ and PK golf. Ah, now this was a controversial weekend. Patrick Reed wins the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines by five shots on Sunday, but on Saturday, embroiled in a rules controversy about a plugged ball on hole 10. Video showed him picking up a ball before the rules official arrived. He asked a volunteer there, did it bounce? The volunteer said no, although video answer clearly said yes. Uh, Tony Finau finished tied for second place at nine under. This is one more chapter in the Patrick Reed story. He's not popular. People think he, at minimum, pushes the envelope, and many people think he cheats. And then, pretty similar deal on Sunday, but it was Roy McElroy, not Patrick Reed. Wasn't exactly the same and didn't seem to make, uh, didn't seem to have quite the juice as a storyline, PK. Well, the, the, at the time of uh, McElroy, it was, you know, uh, Reed was sort of running away with it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he, he needs to be aware of perception. And but they, they had tons of PGA people come on and they talked about it at length. That he did nothing wrong, but because he's Patrick Reed, it's like Draymond Green can yell at a teammate and get a tee. 
and Mike Conley can yell at a ref and not get a tee. Well, Conley has the rep of not getting tees. He's never had one. He's been in the league for 12, 13 years. He's thought of as this calm, rational dude. Draymond's a pop-off, so he breathes. You need to be aware of what your perception is, and a lot of times the perception that you have is because it's been earned. And, you know, a lot of that stuff in the world, too. We need to look at ourselves instead of blaming others all the time. And so Reed... He should have immediately called over somebody without touching the ball and let them decide, and then there wouldn't have been any issue. But because he didn't, and he's Reed, it becomes a massive story in the golf world. Does he care about the perception? You're spot on with a Draymond Green. That was actually the comparison that was made in the Channel 2 <laughs> sports office on Sunday when we were, well, maybe it was Saturday, I guess, when we were talking about it. This is just, this is who this guy is. And, and Draymond Green went off this weekend in a press conference as well, so... You know, it was fresh. A lot of F bombs, man. I was yeah. embarrassed. Yeah, he he was just I was weird. watching it for Sunday night with my family because I said, Hey family, you need to listen to this guy. He speaks a lot of sense and then all these F bombs. Uh, I guess he doesn't, you know. He's had controversy, he has no relationship unless it's changed with his parents. He uh, has them escorted off the grounds if they show up and uh, at least he did at some point. Hopefully it's better. I mean that's a tragedy. Uh, so you got all these things swirling around him and maybe he doesn't, but it's gonna dog him. One way or the other. So if he doesn't care, so be it. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up top of the hour, Ken Pomeroy, owner of KenPom.com, college basketball numbers guru. Will tell us how things are shaping up for the NCAA tournament, especially for BYU and for Utah State. We'll talk college hoops with him. And then Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, at 9 o'clock, DJ and PK. Question of the day is coming up next.